Hey guys, last time we sat out to talk about the nominees for the 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction class, and we didn't make it very far. So we're gonna do that coming up next on The Music Box. What's going on, Music Box fans? This is Wade, I'm here with my brother Jimmy. Hey guys. We're just hanging out here in the cold bedroom. It's uh, frigid uh, in Arkansas in November. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. I, I hope you enjoy fall. It lasted an entire day. One day. Yeah. One now day of fall. Brutal winter. Brutal winter. We had uh, 71 degrees on Sunday, 19 degrees on Monday, snow and sleet. Uh, welcome to Arkansas. You can get all four seasons in 24 hours. Sometimes in the same day. Yeah. So... Uh, Man, thank you guys. Um, uh, we always want to start with just our gratitude of people who listen to this podcast. Um, we have an amazing time, and we hope that you guys do too. Uh, do us a favor. Anytime you listen, there's a share button in the Anchor app. Send it in a text message to a friend. Post it on your Facebook. Uh, shout out to Justin Graham. Shared our shared the link today um, uh, about the Rock Hall Episode 1. Um, every listener matters. We're not doing Absolutely, this for yeah. fame or fortune. We're doing this just to talk about music. And so if we can get an online group of people that want to talk, man, we could do a whole episode of your questions, your comments, Absolutely. things like that. Yeah, that'll be fun. We would just love to do that kind of stuff. But uh, thanks for listening um, to the Music Box podcast, man. Uh, last week we had a quite a great discussion, honestly. Yeah. Ah, yeah, it turned into something I didn't know it was going to turn into, as it tends to do around here. I guess I should just start to expect that now. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, <clears throat> so we talked about, uh, we started talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and then we got into more of an in-depth conversation of our opinions of who should be, who is, right. um, why they are uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. and What just, makes a thing. yeah. Rock and roll. We yeah, and we, we really like, talked about the subject of rock and roll. Yeah. And and as I listened back to our podcast, I there was a lot of things that you said, Jimmy. That really, you know, I have a very narrow mind when well, it comes yeah. to what I like, right? And what I think is rock and, and roll. almost everybody does. Yeah, and so I kind of, I kind of, um, for lack of a better term, I. I can't find it in my mind. I got uh, checked. Yeah. Yeah, just a little check like, yeah. okay, well, maybe I said rock and roll's terrible. Modern rock and roll is terrible. But my version of what drives me right. is, is not existing right now. Yeah. Because here, case in point, you know, um, if, if you don't, if you have Apple Music, they have a suggested playlist based upon what you've played that, that yeah. uploads every Friday. Right. I listen to all of those new music to try and find music that might be good. And 99.9% and .9 of it is very terrible. Right. Um, but also, I got into the top 100, the top 200 in the world. I started listening to all these. Yeah. these uh, and I got to the rock. The chart. rock list, yeah. And... Every song on there was not rock and roll, in my opinion. Right. And so that is where my comment yeah. 
Rock no, and I roll get that. is it dead. Makes, it makes sense. Terrible. Yeah. It's a, a, I don't understand. Right. But in 10 years, the next podcaster that comes up that is looking for that list yeah. and not getting it is going to be rock and roll is dead. Yeah. You know? Um, so, um, I, I don't retract my statements, but I do think about it in much more of a broad sense yeah. rather, rather than my very narrow mind of what I like and right. what rock and roll is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think even listening back to it myself, I thought, you know, even from the comments I made, like you like you talked about, it even made me think, well, maybe maybe I'm a little narrow in my definition too. And I started I started to kind of think about, you know, reasons why certain acts would be nominated for a thing called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and that sort of thing. And it kind of made me open my head up a little bit too. So Yeah, so I mean, as we do this podcast Man, we can surely learn. I hope but so. also that every person's opinion is, and it's it's music, it's art. You judge it differently. You like it differently. Yeah. This podcast is really about two guys that think pretty similar, right? But more than you know, we probably think different. Yeah. We just have an appreciation for the art, right? And that's well, what should be the main common denominator with everybody. And ultimately, we have a respect for each other, and we allow each other to have differing opinions. Sure. And that's, you know, the entire human discourse could use some of that these days, I think. Absolutely. I agree But with let's you. not talk about anything serious. Let's talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's do it, man. Finally. So we got a we got a list of, uh, of nominees and the fan vote. Uh, so should I just... It's moved a bit since last week, the fan vote, but should maybe I, we'll get to that in a minute. Should I go ahead and just reread the nominees yeah, for the Rock the Hall list. this year, 2020? Uh, we have uh, Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? At least, like, give me, give me, okay, here we go. I'm going to say a band. You give me the first thing that comes to your mind. Yeah. Oh, man, this is off the cuff. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Wade. Uh, Dave Matthews Band. Just they're the quintessential jam band of our generation. Of our generation, absolutely. Pat Benatar. Pat Benatar is on my Mount Rushmore female vocalists. That is true. If you haven't listened to that <laughs> podcast, check that out. I'm a fan. I and you know, I hope that they induct her husband with her and I believe that they're both gonna end up in there, but the they made some great rock music in the late seventies and through you know, through the eighties even. Absolutely. Um, Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode is not my wheelhouse. Um, they're obviously innovators of um, kind of the, I don't know, maybe they're the bridge between 80s New Wave and techno, something in that ballpark, where they kind of push that electric sound or electronic sound of the 80s, late 70s, 80s New Wave music into a even more kind of, uh, synthesizer-driven type so they're genre. So they're a forerunner. Yeah, but yeah. interestingly, I would think that probably a lot of kind of, you know, a lot of bands that came along later would cite them as an influence. Bands that, you know, sure. the kind of rap core, you know, the rapping yep. hard rock bands, I would think would have to, you know, sort of cite Depeche Mode as an influence because they were making... You know, pretty serious music and adding electronic, right? You know, stuff to it. So that's that's awesome. Uh, Doobie Brothers, Doobie Brothers. I mean, that's 
I don't. They've been playing the Doobie Brothers and the radio since I was a oh child. Oh my gosh, my entire life. And and, so. and way well before that. I mean, their list of hits is, you know, of massive hit songs that everybody knows has got to be somewhere around 10, 12 massive yes. hit songs that anybody listening to this would recognize. Okay, let let me let me make this a little harder for you. One word to describe the rest. Okay. Of these Ugh, of these killing me. Yeah, killing me. This, we on the fly. We on the fly here at the at the music box. So one word. Wait, wait, wait. Do you want me to talk about the band, or do you want me to talk about if they should be in the hall? Like what my thoughts are about Ooh, that. Is it like a yes or no. Nah, that's no, I, I want one word. Okay. Of your opinion oh, of these you're bands, killing me, Smalls. <laughs> One word of your opinion of these bands that are nominated for the Rock Hall. Okay. So far, you don't have to answer these. We have Dave Matthews, Pat Benatar, Depeche Mode, and the Doobie Brothers. Okay? Now you only get one word. Okay. <laughs> this Ugh. is how we roll, man. I put him right on the spot. I love it. Next is Judas Priest. Metal. Metal, baby. MC5. Uh, garage Band. I like it. <laughs> what are you gonna say about this next one, Motorhead? Lemmy. I mean, that's good. Enough, enough said, man. Um, Lemmy is God. Have you seen that? Have you seen all of the? I haven't. Yeah, no. There's t-shirts. Oh, there yeah. is. There's so many things to say. Lemmy is God, and that's very like anti anything that <laughs> we would believe. But uh, like Lemmy, that's the perfect answer that you could have. Uh, Nine Inch Nails. Industrial. Yep. I, I like what you're saying, man. Uh, Rufus featuring Shaka Khan. One word. Soul. Soul. That's good. Todd Rundgren. Uh, no. No thanks. No. Th <laughs> that's two words, but I like it. <laughs> Soundgarden. Let it roll, man. It's a good. It's so, you can't, how do you sum that up with a word? I'm just gonna, oh, grunge, man. Grunge, yeah. Yeah, that's good, that's good. I like putting you on the spot like this. T-Rex. Um, I would say Innovator. Definitely. Thin Lizzy. Influencer. Good. Craft work. Um, Pioneer. That's exactly what I was thinking. And Biggie. I don't feel like I'm qualified to talk about Biggie. You know, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and honesty is the, the best policy. So, well, I, I, well, I'm, I'm taking so the rest glad. of the podcast off, so you guys enjoy it. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't do that to me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because Oy. I just, uh, I just, I just, I just barrel rolled Jimmy just now, just wow. threw him right straight Thank under you. the bus. Thank you so much for that. That was but, just enthralling. Thanks so uh, much. So I don't know if Jimmy's going to do another podcast with me. So we're going to make this a good one. <laughs> um, make this one last. <laughs> So the the those are the nominees. Um, 
let's let's just begin to if I had to pick right now if you asked me what's my five yeah okay now now we have to take in I'm not on that committee I'm very right biased in my opinion on what well, I like let me let me jump into this just for some clarification uh the voting process the way the votes are counted are that ballots are sent to more than 1,000 historians, members of the music industry, and artists, including every living Rock Hall inductee, and the five performers receiving the most votes become that year's induction class. Beginning in 2012, fans were given the chance to vote for the nominees they'd like to see inducted into the Rock Hall. The top five vote-getters in the public poll form one ballot, which is weighted the same as the rest of the submitted ballots. Wow. So so the top five vote-getters from the fan vote go on to a ballot, and that ballot is weighted the same as the other 999, or however many. Awesome. So that's interesting. Yeah. So the top, let's talk about fan vote. Fan vote right now, last time I looked, they had... Um, Gosh, it was completely different. They Last had Benatar. Week it was Pat Benatar, and then uh, uh, I think Judas Priest was in there. Yeah. Um, well, let, let me just read this list. The list as it is right now: number five is Judas Priest with three hundred twenty-one thousand votes and change. Uh, fourth is Soundgarden with three hundred sixty-four thousand six hundred votes and change. Number three is the Doobie Brothers with 370,000-plus votes. Pat Benatar has 413,000 votes and change. And Dave Matthews Band's 456,000 votes, number one. And let's, let's talk about that real quick. <clears throat> real quick in the music box terms means we don't know how long that's going to be. <laughs> um, I kind of like this list. I don't disagree with this list. Yeah. Okay. This is probably my list if I just went and picked a top five. Maybe not in this exact order. And no, I would have Motorhead's gotta be in there for me. Yeah, I would probably have Thin Lizzy in my list instead of Priest also. So Priest could be dropped, Motorhead could be added, Lizzie could be added. Um everybody else, totally fine. Um, the world is pushing for Biggie to be in. I'll just let you know that. But yeah. I just I think that might happen, but that might be later. Yeah. Um, well, Biggie right now has 161,000 votes, and there have been a little over four million votes cast. So, so that's not a. It's not the bottom, but it's it's closer to the bottom than it is the top five. I'm sure the MC5 is probably last, huh? MC5 is last. They've kind of been last, and that really makes a lot of sense to me as far as fan voting yeah, goes. Yeah, I, I had to go see who, the, who that was. That's, they were a garage band, man. It's not like, you know, they're not the Doobie Brothers. They don't have a dozen massive hits. They have, like, zero massive hits. And, and so what's the draw? And they did, like, three or four albums. And, you know, two of those were live, and they've got about five greatest hits albums, and... I think the draw is the that they kind of were they're kind of the godfathers of underground music or garage band music. Okay. Uh you know, they started in the late sixties in Detroit. They 
had this very raw, not really a punk sound, uh, a little cleaner than that, like somewhere between, you know, punk and Black Flag. I don't know, something in between there. Um, definitely, uh, were, they were a live band, very, very much so. Like their big, you know, success as it was for them, were live albums, mm-hmm. you know, and it was very much an experiential thing. And you can with almost this band and the performance part. You could almost say the same thing about Dave, because in a sense, yeah, <clears throat> like Dave has had a a following of live audience goers of audience yeah. goers since since he started, right? Because people soon figured out, you know, when Under the Table and Dreaming was released. It had a little bit of airplay. It right. still gets airplay, but uh, nobody really cared if it was on the radio or not. Yeah, they I were mean, going to see Dave. Yeah, and 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 Dave has played for twenty five plus years, probably getting close to thirty years, to no less than ten thousand people a night. Yeah, and anywhere just he relentlessly goes, relentlessly touring and relentlessly touring, yeah. and that's why they're good. Yeah, and and. I've, well, they're the post Grateful Dead, Grateful Dead. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they absolutely. And Timmy Reynolds is one of my favorite. It's and it, you know, I mean, to me, the thing about Dave Matthews Band is they sort of defy ex- explanation a little bit. They're not. They're not an electric guitar-driven rock band. They are, you know. The you know obviously Dave is a great acoustic player. Nobody plays like him, but the way he plays is very drummy. It's very like me. You know, yeah. it's very yep percussive, yep. and you know, and Carter Beaufort is just he's just a gospel drummer. You know oh, what I mean? Man. And just you know with the with what they get going on with the violin with the horn sax and yeah, all, yeah. you know it's just it's not. It's not something that had been done in a really successful band. That just the lineup of of the instruments themselves is not something that people readily think, oh well here's how you put a band together. Right. You know what I mean? You get a guy that plays fiddle, you know, and you get a guy that plays, you know, tenor sax, and you get a guy that is a gospel drummer and you get a trumpet player. You get a trumpet player and you harmonica and you have a, a white bass player. Yeah, and then <laughs> that you, play, you know, and then you make this gospel. kind of, kind of, you know, pop stoner music. I don't know even how to define genre wise what they are. And I wonder if Dave ever listened to this, if he would be like, "That's what I was going for." Yeah, that's exactly it. No, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure we'll find out when this thing catches fire and Dave starts listening to us. <laughs> Pop stoner music. Hashtag uh, DMB. Hashtag DMB. <laughs> uh, man, I love that. Uh, so the top five is pretty close. I'd put Motorhead in there, but yeah. that's just me. I think Motorhead deserves it. Motorhead's down. They got 256,000, almost 257,000 votes. That right now puts them at number nine, but it's they're pretty close with Thin Lizzy and Whitney Houston both. Um, I, I don't think that... I think maybe Whitney would be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but this, like we talked about last week, yeah, like this isn't the best female vocalist Hall of Fame. Here's another right. thing. But here's another thing I want. Ah! Go ahead. No, you go. No, no, go. You go. I thought about this today because 
Because in my heart, I feel like Whitney belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as as a talent. But in you know, this is gonna sound bad, and it it probably is, but she very much lived like a rock star. Well, sure. She very much lived like a rock star. She was she was living it up. I think. Which, you know, cost her talent and ultimately her and life. her life, yeah. But, but I think this is... I mean, what's is, a more rock and roll story than that? Uh, nothing. As, that's, you know, maybe crass as that sounds. You um, know, that's a throwback to Hendrix and Morrison. You know what I mean? Right. Kind of the way she lived. Of course, she, was, she didn't burn out quite as soon, but, you know, she left behind a lot of uh, carnage. Sure. In her wake too. So, but I think that my opinion of Whitney and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If we go back to last week's episode, the fact that this is called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Whitney was not an influencer. She was just a great talent. Uh, she didn't yeah. pioneer anything. She right. just sang well. Okay, and yeah. so this, I, I think, I think Whitney will struggle to get into the Rock Hall. Because it's called the Rock Hall. It's possible. I mean... But because she was such a fantastic talent, and let's be honest, because she passed away. Yeah. And she's no longer here. Right. Because she had a five-octave range, or whatever it was. Right. Well, and she had this iconic Super Bowl uh, national anthem. Yeah. Iconic. I mean, it's the national anthem that everybody compares every national anthem to since. Yeah. That is an iconic, but I'm telling massive not... performance on the biggest possible stage. Okay. So I think she'll struggle for a while. Yeah, I don't disagree at all with that. And I think probably they'll figure out a way to get her in, even if she doesn't come in as a performer. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they do have you know, subcategories and that sort of thing. Sure. I do think the fact that she's no longer with us probably yeah, I mean, it's, has something to do with it. I think that's a pretty astute point. Yeah. That um, I hadn't really thought of, but... So here's something else I want to throw at you as we're talking about these bands. We have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's one big thing. Guess what? Guess what else there is? The Country Music Hall of Fame. Yeah. It has its own. Right. And Whitney Houston isn't in it. No. And she isn't nominated. We're not trying to throw Depeche Mode in there. Yeah. Because... No, I... No, right? I, I so this is my problem with the Rock and Roll right. Hall of Fame. Because you feel like the other Hall of Fames are exclusive and the Rock Hall is trying to be inclusive. The Rock Hall is trying to be... Everybody is, yeah. is inclusive. And we did talk about that last week. Whitney deserves to be so. in every... Every... Hall of Fame there is when it comes to vocals, maybe being an entertainer, maybe album sales, whatever. Yeah. This one, because yeah. of what it's called, that's my opinion. Right. I'm not going to dive into that ditch again. Right. Yeah, but we that, did that last week. Yeah, we did that last week yeah. and we didn't get anything done. So uh, as, as we're rolling down... You bring up an interesting point when you talk about you know Miss Houston being gone. I wonder, I've actually did think about how much that's probably influencing the Soundgarden vote. The fact that Chris is gone. Well, if, Chris, the... if Chris were here, A, would they have been nominated? Perhaps. And perhaps deservedly so. But would he have been? 
No. Would, would Soundgarden be nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame exactly, you know what I mean? Is Pearl would Jam in? Would they be on the ballot right is, now? Is Pearl Jam in? I don't know. Okay. Is Pearl Jam in? Is uh, is Foo Fighters in? Is, I think Foo's uh, are in, but let me uh, see. Um, you know, that, that, that might answer our question. Are there 90s, massive 90s bands, like Nine Inch Nails is nominated this year. But they're not in yet, obviously. Um, but, I, you know... It's... I, I don't think that Soundgarden should be in... Eh, man, I don't know. <laughs> That's really hard for me to say. Um, I do think that, to your point, that the fact that Cornell is gone makes people feel the pressure to put yeah. Soundgarden in. And the yeah. fact that Whitney's gone makes people feel like Oh, they deserve that in honor of, right? Gotcha. Yeah. You know, um, but my opinion, Soundgarden needs to be there. It's yeah. Not, if Cornell was alive, I would be like, because what, what would have come in the last three or four years after his death that we had never heard that is continuing to make a case for him? Yeah. You know what I mean? It would have been just more greatness. So... Um, in my opinion, I, there are bands and and let me be very clear. There are bands that I feel should be in the rock and roll hall of fame before bands from the nineties. Okay. If if I had a pre nineties, like Benatar, she should be in there. Doobie brothers. They should be in there. Judas priest. Oh my goodness. Yes. They should be in there. Motorhead should be in there. Right? Pearl Jam was inducted in 2017. Pearl Jam, 2017. So Soundgarden, absolutely. They're a shoe-in, eventually. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's really hard. I find myself it's uh, uh, thinking it's really hard to say that Soundgarden should be in before Motorhead. Right. Because I'm sure that Motorhead and Lemmy and all of those guys were an influence to this Soundgarden thing. And the only right. thing that is... Pushing Soundgarden up above Lemmy and Motorhead is the modern day album sales and uh, marketing and advertising and MTV that Motorhead didn't have. You know what I mean? That made them a little more mainstream popular than what Motorhead was. But there's not any rock band in the 90s that wouldn't say... That Motorhead was had something to do with the fact well, that they loved so that. much of that grunge music would be you know what I mean they would they would obviously cite Motorhead as an influence and they hung out with Lemmy a lot yes. he was around that scene a lot and he was a big figure in a lot of those musicians you know lives and in their you know in the way they approach making music and the way they approached the rock and roll lifestyle too. And, yeah, that was a huge sure. thing about yep. you know Lemmy. Yep, um, he wasn't like an an eighties um, um, hair band dude. Like he was straight up <laughs> Jack Daniels and cigarettes and yeah, and my denim vest and right. Yeah, he was super loud music. He man. he wasn't drinking Mick Ultra with a lime. No, he was. Uh, oh no, it was Jack was, Daniels till the day he died. He man. was swallowing it from the jug all day. Yes, sir. <laughs> but you know, is that is that part of what's what gets considered when you're 
deciding who you're going to vote for for the Rock Hall. I guess there's a thousand people voting, and there's probably a thousand different reasons they vote for the people they vote for. Yeah. Yeah. Last year's last year's um, inductees in 2019, very deserving. Stevie Nicks. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about that. Um, this one kind of surprising. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Yeah. I mean, she's coattail. I mean, That's she's a coattail, right? I, I, she would definitely cite, you know, Whitney as a influence too. I would think, uh, you know, she was certainly around that world. Um, she did sort of, uh, you know, Rhythm Nation's a pretty rocking album. Sure. Do you know what I mean? It's it's definitely got that electronic feel to it, but it also does, you know, even when you think about the song Rhythm Nation, it's kind of guitar-driven, and, you know, you had Black Cat on that album, which is just a straight-up rock song, mm-hmm. you know? and So, so she recently came um, to our local venue, which brings in national and worldwide acts. Yeah. Um, and Janet was here this summer, and they said it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's dancing and lip-syncing, which I don't like. But probably um, I don't she did you know she did a lot of her own singing back in the day I don't know what she does now I didn't go to that show yeah but you know uh, so if we take 2019 and we break it you got Stevie Nicks and Janet Stevie Nicks so there's somebody from the 60s and 70s obviously Stevie Nicks has hits and Four or five different decades. Decades. So, okay. I mean, that's a no-brainer. You got Janet, late 80s, early 90s, pop. Definitely a more urban, less uh, garage-oriented sound, for sure. Radiohead. Radiohead. uh, 90s. A darling rock band from the inception. Yep. Radiohead was famous before they released an album, I think. You know what I mean? It's just like... Like, I knew Radiohead was famous the first time somebody said Radiohead to me. I don't know why, but <laughs> that's the, just kind of... U2's kind of like that. Uh, like, the first time I heard about U2, they were already ridiculously famous somehow. Yeah. Uh, the Cure. The Cure. I mean, yeah. Definitely then, the, you know, the godfathers of that, that new wave music that caught fire in the 80s. It started, you know, in the late 70s. But definitely caught fire in the 80s and, you know, bands like The Cure. I mean, I guess they're the godfathers of new wave, 80s uh, new, new wave, wave music, you know, that yeah. kind of uh, put it... Did, and and really, that, influ- that really spun into alternative music and, you know, what it started out being called college music and then, and then alternative music. But there's no way that R.E.M. wasn't influenced by The Cure. Oh, no kidding. Do you know what I mean? That whole yeah. sound is the what same. What about Duran Duran? What's your... What's your... Duran Duran's kind of an interesting thing. They were, they were kind of a blend of genres in a way. I mean, they kind of fit in a lot of boxes. They were sort of a new wave band. They were kind of a straight rock band. Uh, they, they were, were totally. they were a borderline boy band. You they, know what I mean? They were a boy band that had instruments hanging around their necks. Yeah. But they were good looking and they marketed that aspect of themselves and they had a whole look that they put together. Pioneers. Yeah. Forerunners. They were pioneers, forerunners. I don't that. There's no question that I mean, I have no problem with any of these people so far. No, Duran Duran was not, but I just yeah. wanted you were talking about New Wave, and that yeah. made me think of Duran Duran. Um So the last person last year, Stevie Nicks, Janet Jackson, Radiohead, the cure. And then a band that I honestly have not heard of, 
called the zombies. Yeah, um, that's I don't I, know about them. Either. I have no that idea. Predates me, so I cannot, uh, I can't say. Can't but that was last year, and so. But I do also like the idea that it isn't that being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is not a popularity contest purely. Yeah, I mean nobody knows who the zombies are. Right, but a lot of people know who the zombies are. The people who know who they are know who they are, and we probably know a lot of bands that would cite them as an influence. Do you know what I mean? Sure. A lot of artists that would say, that oh, makes well, sense. the zombies, obviously. You know what I mean? And I'm, without knowing a lot about them, I don't want to say, but I like the idea that, that there can be a band in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I can go, well, who is this? Well, And, and I think that's maybe part of the idea sure. of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, is that you can go to this building in Cleveland and walk around and go, Sister Rosetta Tharp, who's that? And then you can have your world which, lit up. Yeah, which yeah. happened to us via our good friend Shay Spencer a Absolutely. few weeks ago. So. And I've seen so much stuff on Sister Rosetta Tharp in the last three weeks. At, like your phone listens to you or something. Because <laughs> yeah. stuff is popping up on my Facebook. Of <laughs> I've never seen that woman in my life until we talked about it on this podcast. Yeah. And then that's all I see. Yeah, It's like... Buying a car that's red, and then you notice every other red <laughs> car on the on the planet. Yeah. You're like, I shouldn't have bought a red car. Um, uh-huh. I so get it. It's creepy. We, uh, I think we're gonna try to wrap this up. Um, so give me your top five, boy. I, I think that's exactly where I was going. Throw my, it at me. My top five. Ugh. My top five. Pat Benatar. Yeah. Number five. Okay. She's got to be in there. Yeah. Okay. Um. This is really hard. Why'd you do that to me? Um, <laughs> Soundgarden has to be in there for me. Pat Benatar and Soundgarden. Um, five and four. Five, four. Doobie Brothers, three. Um, Judas Priest and Dave Matthews Band. Um, I, I, I Priest, you know, if you're looking for pioneers, you won't find a more pioneering band than that. No, I mean, that's I mean, why they we have sort metal, of, man. It was kind of them and Iron Maiden. Yep. Kind of like at each other. I think Priest started a little bit before Maiden, but they basically hit the same market at the same time. You know what I mean? And I think those two bands are maybe interchangeable for that role of the bands that started that sort of excessive... Uh, heavy metal, you know, really screamy, screechy guitars, yeah. really screamy, screechy vocals, you know, dark imagery, big live shows, you know what I mean? And kind of, you know, that whole thing. I think Judas Priest belongs in the Rock Hall at some point. Dude, for I, sure. I, the other day I was flipping through the channels and I heard an, an all drum solo intro to a Judas Priest song. And in my mind, I was like, I have to, I have to remember what that is. I yeah. have to, remember, and I can't at this time. But I hit replay on my radio, yeah, like four or five times. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was in the the late '70s. Yeah, yeah, no, that was amazing. Freak show, shredding guitars, uh, you know what I mean? And the, amazing that screeching vocal, yeah, for sure. And so uh, that's that's my top five. We'll see what happens um, when we figure out what that is. What's your top five, Jimmy? I'm going in, I'm just going to say in no particular order. I think Pat Benatar is in uh, Soundgarden. We talked about uh, the Doobie Brothers. I'm surprised they're not in already. Yeah. Honestly. So what is that, three? 
And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Oh my goodness! Can I retract something? I'm gonna go Motorhead and Thin Lizzy to round out my top five. <sighs> Just because. I mean, I feel like Motorhead deserves to be in there. But but I know Dave. I know a lot of my favorite bands were influenced by Thin Lizzy, and I love Thin Lizzy. I just always have. Um, like even when it wasn't cool to like, you know what I mean? Sure. When they were an old band, yeah. I still, you know, when when Jailbreak comes on the radio, I still just turn it up. I just love that song, you right. know. And the, you know, same whiskey in a jar. You know what I mean? What a great, phenomenal song. And of course, the boys are back in town. So just a classic, the instantly boys recognizable. Are back in town. You know, yeah. great song. So yeah. But, so I, you know, it's splitting hairs, really. There's a lot of great bands on there, this list. There are really six. Uh, we haven't talked about Kraftwerk. Right. But I want to talk about Kraftwerk for yeah, just a second. To. Because those guys in the late 70s opened up the electronic world like nobody oh, yeah. had ever heard. Nobody well, had ever heard of that. And you just listen to a bit of their music and you just hear their music in all sorts of Influence. songs, you know. Yep. And all sorts of songs that'll instantly pop into your mind when you hear it. You know, even bands like The Cure. Yeah. You hear a lot of that in there. Depeche Mode, obviously. You know, I bet I would bet anything that Depeche Mode would be would think that Kraftwerk was a heavy influence, you know. So I mean that makes me think that some of these people that we don't really, really know their catalog and their influence back in the day. Right. Might end up going in. What if it's Kraftwerk? What if it's T Rex? What if it's Shaka Khan? Right. What if it's MC5 and Depeche Mode? Like everybody's going to well be, be and everybody's going to be like what in the world happened in 2020? Yeah. But it's going to make you dig in. Right. And figure out why these people are as important as they are. And that's a thing we talk about all the time, opening your mind up to something you hadn't heard before, opening your ears up to bands you haven't heard before. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Jimmy, thanks. That was an awesome conversation. That went by fast. It did. It's 37 minutes in. Uh, we're going to have to close this thing out. Speaking of, uh, that's, I mean, that's our opinions on the Rock Hall. Uh, if you guys have questions, comments, tweet us at the Music Box Pod. Leave a message on Anchor. There's an option to do that. Leave us a message. I check for those. We haven't got one yet. There's voice messages. We can put them right into the podcast and answer your answer your questions. If you, How cool would that be? Somebody leave us a voice message. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to I'm you. I'm going to call and disguise my voice. <laughs> would it sound like that this? That Jimmy's so handsome. <laughs> that Jimmy and his beard. <laughs> He's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's uh, not going to happen. <laughs> that made uh, me laugh. Where we at? Uh, so, <laughs> speaking of open your mind to uh, new things, uh, my new music for the week. Um, we might have a new category this week, and I might just throw it out there for fun. <laughs> but uh, uh, my new music for the week, y'all brace yourself. Here we go. Because uh, Mr. Decker is I'm a, I'm a metalhead. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a hardcore metalhead. I like screaming. I don't like like pig squeals and constant screaming. I like the combination of screaming and singing. Um, like sometimes a nice scream brings an emotion out of me that's yeah. like, yeah, I want to... Yeah. I want to drive 90 miles an hour. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, my new music for the week. You guys check it out. It's a band called Ginger. J-I-N-J-E-R. 
I'm a little bit familiar with their work. All is a female lead singer. Female lead singer. And if you know me, I'm not a huge fan of that. He's sort of anti-female singers. Uh, in rock and roll. Um, I like female singers. I mean, I listened to your new music from last week and was blown away. Grace Potter. By Grace Potter this week. So women in rock and roll have a really hard time catching me because they all tend to sound the same. This lady does not sound the same. She screams like a man. Yeah. And um, the song is called Judgment and Punishment. It's a total metal song. Sounds like a metal song. Open your world up uh, to something new. And if you do listen to it, you either hate it, you like it, you love it, whatever. Uh, Tweet us. Send me a message. Let me know what's going on with that. Go, Jimmy. You're checking. I stumbled across a little gem last week. Uh, it was just, uh, I don't know if it popped up in a suggestions list or something. Uh, so went back 2018, band called 10 Times a Million. Okay. Uh, I think Wade might like this band. This is a pretty straight up 90s influenced uh, alternative band. Oh, please. They'll, they'll put you, they'll accidentally put you a little bit in the mind of Stone Temple Pilots from time to time. A little, you know, kind of more straight ahead stuff. Maybe Gin Blossom-esque. Or really? Dinosaur Jr. kind of a feel to some of this stuff. Okay. Uh, but definitely a, a heavy sort of 90s rock influence. For me, it's what, it's what it put me in the mind of. And a little EP that came out in 2018 called 10 Times a Million. It's just four songs. Uh, and it's it's a pretty wide variety in four songs. There's one of the songs is a little more electronic than the other three. And uh, it's I just really enjoyed it. I listened to this little EP probably four or five times in a couple Sweet. of days and enjoyed it a lot. I'm excited. It takes, it's 15 minutes of your life. So I am excited about that. Small commitment and a pretty good time. Well, guys, that's it for the uh, episode two of the Rock Hall. We appreciate everybody for listening. Don't forget to send us a question or comment about how handsome I am <laughs> on the Anchor app. Get that done this week, and we will talk to you in a few days.